It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicon, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this, the 31st day of January, 2023. This is the Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the uh, Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between. And the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it happens to be when you are listening to the program, however you happen to listen to it. However you happen to listen to it, well, thank you. Thanks for being part of what we, I think, and I am biased, I know that, is one of the most amazing and unique little radio communities in existence. Uh, Wait, what, there's a birthday bong? I'm just looking in the chat room where Theo and Squeaky and Irish Dave have showed up, and uh, Roger's in there moderating away, and Theo said, I'm still curious about the birthday bong being passed around chat. Anyone? <laughs> yeah, okay, that sounds like a good time. Uh, I wanna, first of all, let me thank all of you, every, every, everybody. Thank you so much for... Uh, all the kind birthday wishes today. This has probably been... Probably been the best birthday I've ever had. It's just lovely. I mean, um, my granddaughter ran into the bedroom this morning and jumped on the bed and yelled, Happy birthday, I love you, and came and gave me the best hug in the world. And my daughter in law made me the lovely little birthday breakfast. And it's just, it's just been exquisite. It's been extraordinary. Um, so, uh, and, and here's what, what's going to happen um, today. I, just, I said I would be on the air, and I am. Um, but a friend called, and she wants to take me to dinner. And so I'll probably knock off a little bit before 7. So we'll get better than half a show in. Um, and then let her take me to dinner. Uh, I, can't, I, I can't wait. It's going to be, uh, well, I think it'll be lovely. A little bit of a late dinner and uh, 
over in Beckley and then, you know, home. And, yeah. But every program here with the, uh, here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so consequently, uh, thanks go out. Uh, thanks go out to uh, uh, my dear friend, our dear friend, Jessica, up in Minnesota. Another A little contribution to celebrate another lap around Saul. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you to Lori. Enjoy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Enjoy. Lori says, enjoy your birthday. Lori, thank you, Lori. Thank you so much. That's fa- fantastic. And I, I so appreciate it. And so we uh, are actually down to down to $650 to go to finish January. That's where we are. The deficit's at $650. And uh, I had a note from Cat in Ohio, and it made me... Uh, I, I, gig, I giggled way too much when I saw this. Cat uh, wrote earlier... Um, The $50 I hate Cincinnati chili challenge. No one I know in Ohio likes this chili. Stop putting crap in chili that doesn't belong there. Cinnamon, chocolate, weed killer, etc. Does Wendy's still have chili? It wasn't bad. Uh, Wendy's does still have chili. It's not bad. No, it's 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 not. Yeah, it's it's serviceable utility chili. But <laughs> okay, everybody who's ever everybody who's ever tasted. Gold Star or whatever that other chili is, and just went. Uh, there's a $50 matching challenge on the table, courtesy of Cat in Ohio, and she's in Ohio, and she would know. <laughs> I snorted a little bit when I <laughs> stop putting crap in chili that doesn't belong there, and that then the cinnamon chocolate weed killer. <laughs> Thank you, Cat. Thank you so much, weed killer. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Sauerkraut. <laughs> oh, my. Um, thank you, Cat. Hopefully folks will jump in on that, and uh, we'll we'll get down to, uh, well, that would get us down to uh, the deficit only being 550. So that would be fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Cat. And thanks to everybody who jumps in uh, early or, or jumps in on the challenge. Um, happy birthday, says Lee. May the subsequent ones be better. <sighs> yeah. Um, I'm looking. Well, this one, had, like I said, this one had me a little bit freaked out. But here it is, and I feel great. I've got my uh, Cute little red dress on for going to dinner. If a girl can't wear a red dress to dinner on her 60th birthday, when the hell can she? So I'm totally stoked for that. Um, okay, this is how the program's going to begin this evening, is it? Uh, the best bargain at Wendy's, says Randy Radar, is their chili and a junior bacon cheeseburger. Probably is. Um, yeah. And by the way, the best the, the chili in a can. Far and away, Wolf Brand. Wolf Brand Chili. Um, the, the, either the beanless or with or, or uh, con frijoles. Um, yummy either way. Okay, well, uh, all right, this is starting. 
subject line, Cincinnati Chili. Steve in New York says, fuck everyone. I like Cincinnati Chili. I might donate regardless. Well, we'll, we'll make an exception for you. Because uh, we love you, Steve. And... Uh, Um, you don't put, but you'd never put Cincinnati chili on a hot dog, would you? That that would, God, that would just be so wrong. Um, but it is Titanic Tuesday, when we uh, take note of Titanic manifestations of right-wing intellect. Um, We have potential new information on what may be an indictment of Nitwit Nero. Um, and 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 this this just sort of uh, you knew they had to exist they had to exist and now we found out how Team Nitwit Nero talks about. Uh, precious lady, precious Lindsey Graham, you know, Lady G. When no, they think nobody's listening. Alyssa Farah Griffin, who's on the View, took aim at a, a recent interview that uh, Lady G gave to Fox, and it became it became it became fun pretty quickly. To the view. So you know who said he was making another run for the White House back in November, but he hasn't done much campaigning until now, and some of the usual suspects have already fallen in line. Take a look. They said he's not doing rallies. He's not campaigning. Maybe he's lost that step. Uh, we didn't. I'm more angry now, and I'm more committed now than I ever was because. There are committed. no Trump policies without the man, Donald Trump. And to all these people who are very talented, I don't think you could do what he could, what he did. And I want him to have another shot. Unfinished business. I'm for Donald Trump because I know what I'm going to get. Do tell. Leave that line alone. <laughs> because there's just too many jokes associated with it. But apparently a lot of other Republicans know that they'll get it, too, which is why a growing number of report, uh, reportedly want to find another candidate. Now, will he keep his grip on the GOP or are they done with him? We don't know. That's why we're asking the question. <laughs> okay, right, so, go ahead. No, go, the go. one thing I loved about the Lindsey Graham quote was, like, Oh, we know what we're going to get with him. What, insurrection? Yeah. Like, we all saw that happen. Yeah. Um, real quick, so I, I've always speculated that it's about 30% of the GOP is always <laughs> Trump. And a study came out that confirmed 28% of GOP <coughs> primary voters are only going to be with Trump so long as he's a declared candidate. So to me, the only way to get rid of him is to target the other 70% of the party who wants to see a sane, reasonable Republican run. 
And to me, that's not Ron DeSantis. I think the Ron DeSantis momentum is so overstated. You don't beat Trump by being Trump-like. Like, yeah. And that's what he's trying yeah. to do. Yeah. Maybe they'll, you know, just go after each other. But there is a lane for somebody who says, you know, I want to be a pro-governance, strong on national security, deal with the economy kind of Republican to run. So those are who I'm keeping my eyes on. But right now, Trump's clearly what about this guy, for you. House member uh, Peter Mayer? He said some heavyweight Republicans are privately just waiting for Trump to drop dead so that he no longer <laughs> yeah. weighs down the party. I mean, it seems I like... Mean, first of all, let me just point out, his mother died at 88 and his father was 93. So they might be waiting for a while. Because he has good genes in that family. So he's not dying so Only fast. the best anyway, genes. I don't want him to die so fast because... He would be martyred in a way. I mean, he needs mm. to fade away. That's all. That's my fondest wish. I don't even, you know what? I've gotten to the point because I'm such a good person <laughs> that I don't even care if he doesn't go to jail. I just want really? him. I don't care. I, I just Joy, want you're him. You're softening up. I'm not. It's like, please, God, don't let him stay in office. I don't care how it works. But no, if he goes to go, jail, go live in go live in, in Odessa. Go but, move. But if he goes to jail, then then he doesn't run. I, I think the two aren't mutually He'll exclusive. He'll run from jail. You know, I think he's going to go to jail. Uh, that's what I've that, that's what I've said. But the Manhattan District Attorney's Office just opened up another grand jury investigation, and they're presenting a, uh, to the grand jury evidence of the Stormy Daniels hush money. I mean, there's a paper trail there. That's a very easy case to prove. That's a criminal case. Criminal, or a it's a criminal case. case. Yeah. It's a very easy case to prove, and I've got to tell What's you. I mean, you can indict exactly. a, cram a ham sandwich. I've done it. But what is I, the, the charge? Um, I, I would say... Sonny's <laughs> just coming for ham sandwiches. <laughs> I've done it. I would say um, fraud. I would say fraud and inducement. Um, there was a cover-up associated. The checks went to, went to her right before the 2016 campaign. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a lot of meat there. But I've had a question for, for Alyssa, and it's... I, what does Trump have on Lindsey Graham? Because you usually have a lot Here of comes. inside tea, you know, because she worked for, for the man, unfortunately. So I don't know what he has on him, but it was like a running joke among the people closest to Donald Trump and, frankly, Donald Trump himself, that he could do anything and Lindsey Graham would be by his side. What does like, he have on but him? What is it's a kind of a sad legacy. I once really respected Lindsey Graham. He and I are kind of eye to eye on foreign policy matters. There's something about him. I don't self-diagnose people, but like he needed to be follow John McCain. John McCain, unfortunately, is no longer with us. So now he's hitched his wagon to Donald Trump. I would encourage Lindsey Graham, be your own man. You don't need to follow this. Oh, school. come on. Yeah. I don't know. Be his own man. So you mentioned the part about DeSantis and the more you've said it before, DeSantis doesn't have what it takes to beat a Donald Trump. And I started to think about the fact that we kind of hear we're always talking talking about this stuff, but west of this and the massive swaths of this country, how many people really know DeSantis? Because the name Trump got Trump in, yeah. in a lot of ways. But where are we had a TV show. But the bottom line is, you know, Elisa Farrah Griffin's not wrong. Um, I think she could have been, I think Team Trump was probably a lot more graphic about it. Maybe referring to the little brown stain at the end of the little hobbit's nose. God, he's tiny. I don't know. Just little bitty Lindsey Graham. I don't. I don't it, and you know, Trump's, tra Trump's taller, six two. You ever notice the way they get they they, they shoot them to get uh, you know pho photography, Agent Fred, photography. Uh, yeah. But I, I mentioned uh, Fonnie Willis. 
the Fulton County District Attorney. Well, uh, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington says that they suspect that she's getting closer to indicting Nitwit Nero based on his call. It was a perfect phone call. All my phone calls were perfect. Believe me. Uh, to uh, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. Uh, Bree Sparkman over at CREW said the special purpose grand jury has reportedly heard testimony from crucial witnesses, including Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, Trump's personal lawyer Rudy Giuliani, former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, Senator Lindsey Graham, former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson, and former Trump Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. And uh, with all of that together... She said, uh, Trump is alleged to have repeatedly lied about the 2020 election to Georgia officials and to have used that misleading conduct as well as intimidation and threats to push them to change the election outcome. Trump may have committed the crime of false statements, improperly influencing government officials. When he said that he won the election, told back to Raffensperger, and then listed a lot of lies. And they'll be looking for a pattern of misconduct, pattern and practice. That's a that's a phrase you run across quite a bit in uh, legal circles. Violations of two or more specified crimes. I don't think they're going to have a hard time finding that. And the sooner, well... The sooner the better. <laughs> I I don't know. She said she had indicted a ham sandwich. I I never got around to it. I I tended to uh, I tended to indict uh, grilled cheeses. Stop it. We're not gonna we're we're not gonna start this. Oh, okay okay. Dave number eleven. Thank okay. I get it. Uh, Dave says uh, the only thing worse than a can of Wolf Brand chili is two cans. Go stand with your nose to the wall until you come to your senses. Denison's hot chili is the only canned chili that can be upgraded to edible. I've never seen that. My choices here are Wolf Brand, Kroger Brand, Vietti, and Hormel. Have a little pity, Dave. Um, but uh, yeah, it does. It has to be doctored. Oh, and uh, thank you, Brendan, for the happy birthday wishes. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, today in January 6th news, according to KCAU TV out in Iowa, uh, 52-year-old Daryl Johnson who was convicted, actually, of participating in the terrorist attack on the capital of the United States on January 6th, is apparently, I don't know, he's, he's gone to the dark side, I guess. Or maybe he went a long time ago, because, oopsie, uh, police took him down on January the 27th and charged Daryl Johnson, the insurrectionist, with uh, invasion of privacy. Oh, this is gross. He allegedly used a chair. Why do they have to be this way? 
used a chair to position a cell phone on the eight-foot-tall dividing wall between two rooms at ISUM 24-7 Tanning Salon and record women changing clothes during a tanning session. If there's a best part, here's the best part. This stupid maggot tried to stop the police from taking his phone from him. (sighs) So, you know, insurrection... Perv. How many times have we talked about how how all those all those little circles have a way of just being one Venn diagram circle? And here he is. How gross! And today in our today in our ongoing. Uh, well, it wasn't supposed to be a series, but it did. That's how it wound out. We've got a we've got another uh, we've got another creepy Supreme Court story to deal with now. Now, at least this time, it's not fappy and bad breath uh, grinning about having leaked the Dobbs decision. Um, turns out that Jinsurrectionist Thomas is not the only. Uh, problematic supreme spouse. In this case, it would be Mrs. the Mrs. Chief Justice John Roberts, who apparently is out there recruiting lawyers for. Money, I get. Well, yeah. By the way, this story is accompanied by a picture of old balls and strikes, and I just realized how much he looks like Jim Jacket off Jordan, and now I can't unsee it. Anyway, per the New York Times, a former colleague of Mrs. Roberts has raised concerns that her recruiting work poses potential ethics issues for the Chief Justice seeking an inquiry. The ex-colleague has provided records to the Justice Department and Congress indicating that Mrs. Roberts has been paid millions of dollars in commissions for placing lawyers at firms, some of which have business before the Supreme Court of the United States. Mrs. Roberts, according to a 2015 deposition, said that a significant portion of her practice was devoted to helping senior government lawyers land jobs at law firms and that the candidates' names were almost never disclosed. Six-figure fees credited to Mrs. Roberts for placing partners at law firms. She got 690000 bucks back in 2012 for one of the matches she made. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a lawyer, catch me a catch. No singing. We've got a we've got a six hundred and fifty dollar fundraising deficit. What am I doing? Um, so once again, the Supreme Court finds itself wondering, huh? Why does everybody hate us? 
because they're dirty. So, here's Mrs. Chief Justice out there hustling lawyers, and that doesn't didn't come out right. You know what I mean. And then there's insurrectionist Thomas trying to overturn the Constitution of the United States. Uh, meanwhile, Norm Ornstein, who's an emeritus scholar at the American Enterprise Institute, said, uh, Another reminder of how unethical is Justice Clarence Thomas. Chief Justice Roberts turns a blind eye and continues to resist a code of ethics for a Supreme Court now distrusted by a majority of Americans. This defines the Roberts Court. It's a stain on the Supreme Court that Chief Justice Roberts refuses to support a judicial code of ethics and stands by silently while Clarence Thomas flouts ethical standards over and over and over. You get the idea Norm Ornstein's pissed. Roberts is culpable, he went on. He's resisted over and over applying the judicial code of ethics to the Supreme Court. This is Alito's court, and it is partisan and corrupt. Well, here, here, Norm Ornstein. You're not wrong. Not at all. And, of course, uh, not a lot can be done. Because this is not... Uh, now, granted, this 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 Bedlam House of Representatives, you know, they'd pro- they probably could be coerced into, say, impeaching Katanji Brown-Jackson for, you know, being black. Or Sonia Sotomayor for, you know, being Hispanic. Or Elena Kagan for being Jewish. But any of these, any of these freaks? No, never. Nope. Uh, it, Sammy Badbreath and Fappy Thomas uh, it, it could be... They could be selling Lucy's in front of the Supreme Court, and no one would touch them. But at least, at least, Sheldon Whitehouse and Representative Hank Johnson of Georgia are taking a hard look at all the religious skullduggery. They've written a joint letter this past Sunday to Roberts noting that if uh, the court won't investigate its own ethical breaches, they damned well will. Oh, well, thank you, Steve. It's Norm Ornstein. I had a 50% chance of getting it right, and the E-I that means never mind. Ornstein, Ornstein. Frankenstein. Not Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Hey, thank you, Don. Um, Don up in uh, British Columbia, thank you so much. The I ha- the God I Hate Cincinnati Chili Challenge has been met, and so we're down below uh, 650 bucks to go. Wait, no. Yeah, we're at 550. Pretty sure. 550 to go to catch up with January. Thank you. Thank you, Don, so very, very much. So, uh, where next? Yeah. 
it is fun when we occasionally run across a a Democrat giving hail Columbia to Republicans. Mary Scanlon of Pennsylvania, apparently today in the Rules Committee, um, looked in her bag of fucks and found out she had none to give. Because in the Rules Committee, the maggots introduced a resolution denouncing the horrors of socialism. God, this again? I thought we were still on CRT or trans kids or something, but no, we're socialism. Good, good on you, Mary Scanlon. Take no shit. Chairman, I yield back. Thank you. The gentlelady from Pennsylvania is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I think we've wasted enough time on this resolution, so I'll keep my remarks short. I believe it's a foolish waste of Congress's time and taxpayer dollars. When I'm home in my district, no one, literally no one, has ever expressed a fear that this country is in danger of falling under the sway of Stalin or Pol Pot or socialism, because that's absurd. We are a capitalist country. Whether I'm at the VFW or the local coffee shop or a union hall, a senior center, or an NFC championship watch party, uh, my constituents want to know what we're doing to protect their Social Security and their Medicare. My constituents want to know how we are going to stop the flow of unregulated guns into our communities. My constituents want to know how we can help their children and families have access to a good education, economic opportunity, and to achieve the American dream. My constituents want to know that their votes will be counted, and they want to know that the law applies to everyone, whether it's the police or Long Island congressmen or former presidents. So it's really disappointing that our Republican colleagues are wasting precious time and resources on this resolution. Hours in the Rules Committee, hours in floor debate. Democrats stand ready to work together to find common ground to address the issues that Americans actually are confronting. But instead of working across the aisle to address these issues, our Republican colleagues are wasting everyone's time and wasting taxpayer dollars so they can make political statements to appease the radical right. I yield back. The lady from Minnesota is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chair. And I, I just... Um... This is Mrs. Fishback. And, you know, she's right, though. Mary Scanlon's right. But then again, she represents a sane district. Or at least more sane. Now, the rest of these the, 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 these, these maggots, though, you know, they go, they go home to Sister Fister, Alabama... And all of their, you know, constituents sitting there picking their teeth with their toenail clippings and go, oh, protect us from socialism. We don't want none of that. We're, we love freedom. Where's my Confederate flag? Right? I, I think it is a, it's a worthwhile effort to denounce socialism, and I'm really disappointed. Well, good for you, Mrs. Fishback. Pointed that the... Uh, that the members of the other side think that it's it's a waste of time to... It's silly. It is silly, you moron, you maggot. 
denounced socialism because uh, there was many, many times that we sat in this committee um, on resolutions or bills that had no chance of passing the Senate or um, and and we. Yeah, why would that be, Mrs. Fishback? Hmm. Why was it not going to have a chance of passing in the Senate? Oh, right. Well, of course, Mitch McConnell. Can you, it, it, did, did he slip your mind, Mrs. Fishback? Sat here, and we listened, and we participated in the conversation. Um, and, and so I'm concerned that now um, they just throw that out, that um, anything the Republicans are doing is a waste of time. Well, I mean, it is. And, and particularly denouncing socialism, as we saw. You know, never mind the denouncing part. I'd like to hear Mrs. Fishback. Define socialism. Just define it. And because I'm pretty sure it would be comedy gold. Don't you think? I mean, we drive on socialist roads. Social security is literally social. Social? Oh, don't tell them that. Medicare? Anybody? The entire vast bloated budget of the Pentagon is nothing but socialism, with socialism dollars going to defense contractors. But Mrs. Fishback is worried about socialism. Jesus Christ. And... Uh, you know, Mary Scanlon got the little dig in there about watching an NFC championship, have an NFC championship watch party. That was cute. Um, but you got to wonder, and I'm just guessing, but you got to wonder from, you know, what part of the frozen tundra Mrs. Fishback hails? Is it is is it is it that part of the frozen tundra that is like Alabama North? with the exchange with Mr. Reschenthaler, um, they're obviously not willing to um, to do that. And uh, so I have concerns about that. But I, I do think this is worthwhile. And I think that, um, I, you know, I want to thank uh, Chairman McHenry for being here, but also uh, thank uh, Congresswoman Salazar for bringing it forward, because I think it is important that we bring these things forward to help educate the public and remind them what what socialism really is. And so... Yeah, yeah, only you haven't. You just haven't. Commies, that's what it is, commies. As Randy Radar points out, by the way, Mrs. Fishback, your local volunteer fire department is socialism. The cops are socialism. Okay, maybe that's not a good example. Well, it is Titanic Tuesday. There's been an uh, Alina Havana 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 sighting. She showed up on a Jesus cast, I guess, called His Glory to talk about 
Nitwit Nero, and remember, she's counsel for the parking garage and Nitwit Nero. And so on the His Glory podcast, big old cross in the background, whatever, uh, Alina, hobbana, 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 uh, Council for the parking garage said, "No, no it's fine. This fine. It's totally fine. It, we don't have any problems. It's fine. Do this before bed to stop receipt. Oh, I don't want to do that before bed. Ah, I hate you stinking advertisements. There. No, don't want any gold either. Buy gold now. There's better. Never been a better time to buy gold. Gold is your best hedge against inflation, except for platinum." Here we go. He hears that. I was happy to hear it. He had it on speaker as he was talking to you all. And um, I, I can tell you that's what keeps him going. So I was, I, I think, you know, it's a blessing and it was wonderful. It was a wonderful moment. Yeah, well, let the president know. He, he heard from the speaker phone. It was nothing compared to the faces of the people. The faces of the people were just... Ecstatic. So uh, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see him in Florida uh, real real soon. Can you talk about uh, your thoughts on? I know you can't talk about specifics because of cases and stuff, but what you can about the hypocrisy Stop. of Mar-a-Lago raid versus what we're seeing with uh, Joe Biden and um, even now Mike Pence. So I I hate to be the less aggressive one on this, but I think that one thing we can all be clear on and all agree on on both sides of the coin yes, is that there needs to be some sort of new policy, new procedure and clarity on what is happening with this document declassification in the White House. What is happening? Yes, what's happening with this declassification and the documents and the White House? And wait, wait. They've simply got to have a better way of charging the credit cards when they're entering the parking garage. Yas. God, the stupid. She said, you know, and, and of course, he's getting cases presented to the grand jury in Manhattan. He may be indicted in Fulton County. The, the Jack Smith is doing his thing. Nonetheless, counsel for the parking garage says... Uh, when people bring cases against him, which worries a lot of people, when you have those, but they're not within merit, then there are systems in place, even when you have crooked judges, appellate division, etc. And we've been winning. They're not going to be, but I'll invite people to ask me questions directly next time I'm on with you. But I'm happy to, because that, that's something people worry about. I have to tell you, everything's going to be fine. Didn't... Didn't she just get an order entered against her and her client? Isn't she the one that is jointly and severally liable for almost a million dollars in attorney's fees and costs for the frivolous pleadings that they filed? Check me on that. I mean, what, yeah. 
everything's going to be fine. I tell him that 17 times a day. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine, your, 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 your majestic noble graciousness. Fine. Sure. I'm just amazed she still has a law license. Then there's James Comer. Uh, James Comer is running House Oversight. He's one of the two nitwits. Him and Jim Jacket off Jordan that are going to investigate everything. And so uh, now he says he's going to investigate, James Comer does, he's going to investigate President Biden for influence peddling. Biden. Um, yeah. So in in uh, making in, in in making his case on CNN, he he said, uh, well, put it this way: Pamela Brown of CNN asked him. You've also talked about how you're worried about the same situation with the Trump family. Trump had 300-plus documents at Mar-a-Lago. Why don't you have that same concern? I mean, there are visitors going in and out of Mar-a-Lago from different countries, including China. There's been a Chinese spy who was arrested at Mar-a-Lago, and it was an unsecure location at Mar-a-Lago. So would you apply that same concern evenly across the board? <laughs> no, that's when, that's when James Comer said, if someone can show me evidence that there was influence peddling with those classified documents that were in the possession of President Trump, then we would certainly expect it. And then she said, okay, do you have evidence of influence peddling with Biden? Well, we have evidence that the Biden family has been very cozy with people from the Chinese Communist Party. We have evidence that Hunter Biden was receiving payments that were linked directly to the Chinese Communist Party through those Chinese energy companies. We're very concerned about all the money connected to Ukraine. Huh? What? Didn't didn't precious princess I wank him a daddy Trump Kushner get a contract worth God only knows what in China for making I wanka branded caskets? Oh, you think maybe they buried mommy in one of those? You know, Ivana on the golf course with the PP tape? Maybe? God, it never ends. And uh, I guess the big news today is that uh, George Anthony Santos DeVolder Gaius Julius Caesar Abraham Lincoln, whatever his name is, the big news is that he has announced, he, ser he searched his heart and 
He won't serve on any of his committee seat uh, assignments until, by God, he's been cleared of these these false and 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 and, and scandalous accusations of wrongdoing. Actually, the statement said. With the ongoing attention surrounding both my personal and campaign financial investigations, I have submitted a request to Speaker McCarthy that I be temporarily recused from my committee assignments until I'm cleared. This was a decision that I take very seriously. The business of the 118th Congress must continue without media fanfare. Wait, you're, you're, you're opposed to a free and open press now? Uh, you're... Lord High Majestic Noble Graciousness. Yeah. Now they had a closed door meeting today with the House GOP conference. And that's uh that's that's when that's when the scales fell from his eyes. Two powerful Long Island Republicans said uh this is a classic case of someone quitting right before they were going to get fired, while we and the overwhelming percentage of Long Islanders we represent are relieved to see that Santos will not be undeservedly sitting on committees. He should still do the right thing and resign. That's what's in the best interest of his constituents and House Republicans. They want him gone because he's toxic for the brand. And they don't want to be hammered with... George Santos, DeVolder, Anthony, for the next two years, you know, all the way, all the way to November 2024. They'd love it if he'd resign. The thing is, Kevers, the weaker speaker, doesn't want him to because he's, well, he's he's shedding. He's shedding votes like a like a golden retriever in high summer. Sheds fur. God, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. <laughs> and by the way, now that now that the weaker speakers, do we should we start referring to? And this is just one of those messaging things. Should we start referring to McCarthyism again? You know, when they start doing ugly, un-American shit like, oh, I don't know, investigating Dr. Fauci for trying to keep the country from absolutely going to hell during a plague. Uh, should we refer to that as McCarthyism? I mean, it's a pretty powerful term. And I feel like maybe we should start thinking about putting that into... Uh, into play. McCarthyism. I'll see what I can do with that uh, as as the appropriate stories arise. And Jamie Raskin is fresh out of to give. Having sat on the January 6th committee, he uh, mentioned to the weaker speaker that he thinks uh, 
releasing a bunch of January 6th videos, particularly, uh, because, well, Matt, it just gates worse, who has uh, McCarthy's testicles in a in a mason jar in the freezer. Uh, he's uh, he's he's blackmailing right now and threatening to release all the videos uh, associated with the January sixth committee. And McCarthy said he would do so back in uh, the 2022 election cycle, but he he's gone all well quiet. Speaking to Raw Story. Uh, Congressman Raskin said, you know, I think it would be, uh, look, the presentation we made was gripping to the country. I think there are equally fascinating details that would emerge that way as uh, Senator Hawley found out, you know, when we saw him Hawley an ass to the sound of, to the, to the uh, strains of yakety sacks. Hey, Josh Hawley, author of a book called Manhood, The Masculine Virtues America Needs. And, (laughs) you know, it will be immediately parodied. Whatever is on the cover of Manhood uh, will immediately be replaced by a picture of uh, of Josh high-stepping and Hawley and ass trying to run away from his own insurrectionists. Jamie Raskin was being a little bit, oh, enigmatic. But he said, uh, let's just say there are a hundred different reasons something may not have been made public yet, and it would all become public. And those who are proud of what they did in that period will be able to remain proud, and those who have... Something to be embarrassed about will presumably be nervous about the release of everything. Jamie Raskin, well, you know he's dealing with cancer. And uh, he apparently earlier said that he's taking appropriate steps to make sure that he can wear head coverings on the house floor while he's under treatment for his cancer. He was uh, wearing a bandana on his head earlier today. And he told Punchbowl News that if the House Republicans don't let him wear his head covering, well, he'll make a fuss and complain about the toupees that other manly masculine men wear on the floor of the house. Because, you know, the men folk aren't allowed to wear hats in the house. Raskin went on to say that he was just joking. But still, 
I, I got to respect that. He's also looking, and, and, and on a more serious note, um, Jamie Raskin is also, as the ranking member of the Oversight and Accountability Committee, is uh, demanding that the Secret Service turn over information about visitors to uh, Nitwit Nero's and Mike Pencil Neck Geek's personal residences since they left office as a result of the classified document scandal. Writing to the director of the Secret Service, Raskin said, given that the U.S. Secret Service provided protection for Mr. Trump and Mr. Pence during the time they stored classified materials at their respective residences, uh, the committee is seeking information from your agency regarding who had access to former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago club and former Vice President Pence's personal residence since leaving office. done under the guise of uh, safeguarding presidential and classified records. And they he had to make the request because James Comer of Kentucky, whom we mentioned earlier, well, he sought all of those same things from President Biden, but somehow forgot about asking about Pence or, you know, Julius Gazer. By the way, in uh, over in the uh, oversight committee, there used to be a subcommittee on civil rights and civil liberties. Note, used to be. James Comer has disbanded it. And trying to uh, uh, trying to uh, avoid the obvious i.e. people going, oh look, the white guy says we're going to yeah, well let me be very clear any topic that's not mentioned in the subcommittee jurisdiction is reserved for the full committee. We can have a committee hearing in this committee on basically anything we want, and we don't want no hearings on no civil rights nor no voting rights. A spokes creep tried to tidy things up a little bit and said, uh, Oversight Republicans are realigning subcommittees to ensure the efficiency, effectiveness, and accountability of the federal government and all its agencies. Going forward, subcommittees will now be better equipped to meet our mission, identify problems, and propose meaningful legislative reforms for the American people. Yeah, no. Representative Jasmine Crockett ain't having none of it. She's a Democrat from Texas, and she said... Uh, uh, you're sending the unmistakable message to the American people that their civil rights and civil liberties are no longer a priority of the 118th co Congress. She went on to note that uh, she was appointed to the Oversight Committee this past Friday. And then she heard uh, that the subcommittee had been axed, and she said that was reckless and cruel. 
She, by the way, is a civil rights lawyer. She went on to say, rather than squandering their authority on investigations of the president's family, the chairman and House Republicans should use their authority to conduct oversight and investigate the merciless murders of innocent Americans, mainly Americans who look like me, at the hands of law enforcement. Systemic policing and extremist violence are killing people, devastating our communities, and breaking the hearts of families we took an oath to defend and protect at all costs. And so today she introduced an amendment to reinstate the Civil Rights and, uh, Subcommittee, saying, especially in a time like this when across the nation from small towns to big cities, Americans are crying out against the horrible injustice that was perpetrated against Tyree Nichols and so many others every single day. It's undeniable that the civil rights of the American people are under threat, and this committee must do something about it. And Jamie Raskin, meanwhile, has gotten behind her, uh, her amendment. They're vandals. They're just looking to wreck shit. And the Santos fun just goes on and on and on. Uh, Rex Hupke at USA Today, a letter probably from embattled Republican Representative George Santos of New York, Dear America, the country I helped found, my name is Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Kidding, it's me, Republican George Santos of New York. You might remember me from my starring role in the hit NBC television show Frasier, I Played the Dog, or for one of my playful aliases, which include Anthony DeVolder, Anthony Zabrowski, Milton Berle, and Fozzie Bear. Since being elected president to the universe, of the universe by my amazing constituents, note to self, remember to look up which district I'm claiming, I claim I'm representing, there's been some unfortunate drama surrounding things I've said and claims I've made about my background. Blah, blah, blah. The people of insert district name here, don't forget, spoke when they elected me and I plan on serving them in Congress just as I served my country as a member of SEAL Team 6 during the Clone Wars. It's not even that, f- I mean... It's too easy, isn't it? I remember long years ago during the reign of error when one comedian said that, uh, that, that George W. Bush had made his life a living hell because there's no there, there's because he said there was no way to adequately make fun of George W. Bush when George W. Bush was doing it for himself. And just making it easy for all the non-professional comedians out there. I love the headline on this thing, though. A letter from George Soros. I'm recusing myself from committees. Also, I'm Batman. You have to do the voice. I'm Batman. And another, we've got more professional grievance, I don't know. And now they're just making fun of of Miss Lindsay. Um, Eamon Moyheldon ran a clip of Lindsay fawning. 
Donald Trump kicked off his first official campaign stop for his 2024 uh, run yesterday in South Carolina. And while his speech offered nothing new beyond his usual culture war grievances, one guest speaker managed to outdo Trump with his theatrics. That would be full-time senator and part-time Trump whisperer Lindsey Graham, who gave what could only be described as a glowing speech. Watch. How many times have you heard we like Trump uh, policies, but we want somebody new? There are no Trump policies without Donald Trump. You can talk about his policies, but you could not do what he did. Oh, man. I don't know if it's just me, but does Graham look like he's being held hostage there? I mean, should we say like, hey, Lindsey, blink twice if you need help? And this is the same Lindsey Graham who repeatedly disavowed Trump both before he was elected and after the January 6th insurrection. He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. And if Donald Trump cares to banner my party, I think it taints conservatism for generations to come. Donald Trump is the most unelectable Republican I've seen in my lifetime. All I can say is uh, count me out. Enough is enough. Lindsay, all I'm saying is blink twice if you need help, Senator. We're here for you, sir. He doesn't want any help, though. He's so far down the Stockholm Syndrome rabbit hole uh, that he's probably on skis in the Arctic Circle. Pathetic, really. Hilarious, but pathetic. And by the way, if you've got the stomach for it, it's a lot of watching. But the uh, New York Attorney General's office has released the video of Nitwit Nero, his deposition, that is. And it's a real laugh riot. If you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? I was asking that question. Now I know the answer to that question. When your family, your company, and all the people in your orbit have become the targets of an unfounded, politically motivated witch hunt supported by lawyers, prosecutors, and even the fake news media, you really have no choice. Anyone in my position not taking the Fifth Amendment would be a fool an absolute fool. Accordingly, under the advice of my counsel and for all of the above reasons, I respectfully decline to answer the questions under the rights and privileges afforded to every citizen under the United States Constitution. This will be my answer to any further questions. So the 2020 Statement of Financial Condition contained false and misleading valuations and statements. Is that correct? Same answer. You knew at the time it was finalized that the 2020 Statement of Financial Condition contained false and misleading statements. Is that correct? Same answer. In preparing the 2020 Statement of Financial Condition, Alan Weisselberg, Jeff McConney, and others worked at your direction and followed your instructions to inflate asset valuations on the Statement of Financial Condition by employing false or misleading assumptions. Is that correct? Same answer. Is that your p signature on page two? Same answer. 
uh, with regards to your old post office. Did you catch that? They handed him a document. They asked him if that was his signature on the document. He took the Fifth Amendment on his own signature. You know, the pointy one that he makes with the Sharpie that looks like a bunch of little Klansmen. This property. Is it correct that through the use of the inflated statement of financial condition to obtain a favorable interest rate, you were able to save at least 5% per annum in interest payments on the construction loan of up to $170 million from Deutsche Bank? Same answer. Is it correct that absent the $170 million construction loan from Deutsche Bank, you would not have obtained the ground lease on the old post office property or been able to provide the renovation to the property that occurred? Same answer. Yeah. You know what? They, they, they may actually have him dead to rights with this stuff. Because that is, that is his signature. I guess they'll have to bring in a handwriting analyst to prove it, but that's his signature. And yes, he did all those things that he was being questioned about. And by the way, just a moment here with the... Well, we ran the clip yesterday of Jim Jacketoff Jordan evading any sort of attempt to make what happened to Tyree Nichols not happen anymore. And it, uh, well, it, it even found its way to Stephen Colbert. And the officers involved have been fired, but is it enough to get rid of a few bad apples? It seems like there might be a problem with the tree. And I think, I think that's what Jim Jordan came so close to saying, that it's not just these five officers. There's always going to be evil of some kind and what you're going to do. But Jordan, Jordan can't go down that road to identify what kind of evil this is because then he'd be in danger of being, um, what's the word? <laughs> Woke. And if you're a Republican politician, you're afraid of being woke. You're afraid that once you're woke, you have to give up on having sex on your gas stove while fantasizing about the sexy green M&M. If you start peeling back the layers of why modern policing is the way it is, you start to see who it most often polices and who it most often benefits, which is uncomfortable. And no one wants to be uncomfortable. But if you keep witnessing evil and do nothing about it, at what point do you stop being a witness and start being evil? Truth, you know? Truth. Oh, by the way, we had some good news out of Texas, of all places. A judge there has ruled on a motion by Texas Attorney General and indicted felon who still hasn't been tried, um, Ken Paxton, 
Well, he's going to have to face an ethics lawsuit by state attorney regulators. The state bar has brought a complaint against Ken Paxton for his entirely frivolous, dummied up, frauded up, faked up, ginned up, rubed up, November 2020 election lawsuit. Uh, Judge Casey Blair, I suppose a state court judge, refused to dismiss the uh, dismiss the complaint on procedural grounds. But Paxton had said to, well, I'm the top lawyer in the whole dang state of the whole dang Texas. And y'all trying to y'all trying to make me not do what I want to do or do what I don't want to do, and I ain't gonna have it. So the state bar, uh, the, or the, the the judge said, "Nope, procedurally, it's going forward. I'm not ruling on the merits yet, but it's going forward." Paxton's pettifogger said to. They're just mad at his performance of his official duties. Trying to discipline him is tantamount to a judicial veto over the exercise of executive discretion. He did not... There, there, there's nothing in the Constitution that permits executive discretion to commit treason. Or sedition. Or incite others toward it. And Ken Paxton, because, well, he knows his constituents, says, I completely stand by the filing I made, even though it was dismissed for being frivolous and entirely untrue. We can hope. I mean, you know, hope. uh, By the way, thank you to Billable Rick. Uh-huh. Billable saying happy 60th birthday. I hope you enjoy your birthday dinner tonight in Beckley in your lovely red dress, and it isn't even Valentine's Day yet. May your 60th year on this planet be your best year yet. Hell, maybe you'll even find love and feel 27 all over again. Doing pretty good at feeling 30. Um, don't know about that other part. That seems to be a bridge too far. But thanks just the same. Um... And thanks as well to Scary Jerry. Happy birthday, Ms. Robin. TV recommendation. Just wanted to well wish and tip a cosmic hat to your parents for leaving us you. That's sweet. You're a gift of clarity, comedy, community, and more clarity every day. Hi, Clarity. You keep us off the ledge, keep us informed, and keep us laughing every day. I was going to get maudlin and weepy, but I'll save it for a call-in. Now, horn people, we got a new show. Pull up your chairs, fluff up your couch cushions, begin the popcorn, the last of us. I keep reading about, I've got to watch it. Episode three was a rainbow-flavored LGBT episode that the maggots are already howling about. It's an HBO series, beautifully shot, post-apocalyptic, finest new show on TV, and in episode three... Two old queens made me cry. 
watch it. This is not negotiable, and we'll be on the semester test. Wait a minute. Reference to the semester test gets a cowbell. Also, George Soros' check did not clear, so pony up, horn. <laughs> Hornistos. Hornistas. Nothing says happy birthday like cash or PayPal. Paid a lady and called a guy. Thank you, Scary Jerry. That's so sweet. Well, you know, we're thank you very kindly to uh, uh, to Ralphs. Ralphs jumped in, and uh, we are we are now down um, like to five thirty to finish January. That's huge. So you know, it's not impossible, but probably unlikely, given the fact that this is a shorter program this evening. Oh, and uh, the technical thing. For some reason or another, there is an issue with White Rose Society. I tried to post the uh, post yesterday's podcast to White Rose, and just nothing. Um, it's not, you know, it's like Malloy says: if it's not lice, it's bed bugs. So, Podbean appears to be working, and White Rose isn't. So. I hate to pester Ben Birch about it, but I will, I will pester him some. Um, so that's just, oh, and one other tech note. Um, I hope it doesn't turn out to be the case, but uh, given the early hour that's involved, I may be completely just done by the time airtime comes around on Thursday. I got notification earlier today that there will be testimony taken, public commentary, um, in the West Virginia legislature on Thursday on their bill to try to help more trans kids commit suicide. Needless to say, I oppose this bill. And so the hearing is crazy early. So I'm going to have to get up about 5 o'clock on Thursday morning, you know, get all dolled up. And i got to be in, I got to be at the Capitol by 8.30, which means parking at 8, which means I leave here at 6.30. It's just very complicated. And then I don't know how long the hearing will go on. But this is one of those moments where I feel like it's kind of put up or shut up. And I'm not in a shutting up mood. So I drafted up some quick te- some some quick comments and sent them along, and also volunteered to read comments for anyone who doesn't feel comfortable standing up and talking to that gang of thugs. And so the larger point is, I may be too entirely whipped by the time I get home to get on the air Thursday. On the other hand, I may be so energized and probably furious that you'll have to put up with me opening the, you may have to put up with me opening the microphone and just, you know, screaming for a couple of hours. Sorry, it happens sometimes. So that being uh, said, as the saying goes, Please make a note of it. 
I really will try to be here, though. There's a search of a sort on. Internet sleuths trying to figure out who a couple of Santos donors are. Um, One guy's wearing a Mets jersey. And uh, George Soros, Anthony DeVolder, Marquis de Lafayette, Alexander Hamilton is wearing a Mets t-shirt, and he and the other Mets guy are giving a thumbs up, and then there's a guy in a red and white checkered shirt standing, uh, you know, George George Anthony, whatever, is in the middle, and the two guys are flanking him. And uh, the photo comes from the Santos for Congress Instagram page. Uh, You can find this over at Raw Story. And... uh, People are now curious to find out who these donors are. The story uh, says, uh, Recently a source sent Raw Story a curious document of a similar ilk, a fundraising invitation that Santos circulated last spring while still a congressional candidate. In it, he invites prospective donors to give his campaign money in exchange for some sporty FaceTime I have box seats for the New York Mets game on May 3rd, and I would love to have you join me. Enter now. And then there's the usual range of contribution amounts that go from very small up to 1000 And then in the fine print it says you don't have to donate to win. And so lo and behold, that's what, in, that's what, that's what led to the creation of that photo. Showing him with the two dudes. And nobody really knows who they are yet. Or are they actual, real, live, no kidding campaign donors? Or just a couple of guys that he saw walking walking out of the stadium? Hey. Come take a picture with me. It's kind of like the uh, internet sleuthing that's taken place since January 6th, figuring out who all the terrorists are. And we uh, talked a couple of weeks ago about the case of Matt Schlapp, who has since been sued along with his wife Mercedes and their neighbor Portia and their cousin Beamer. No, uh, Mercedes and Matt. And uh, it all stems from Matt Schlapp wanting to have a little sexy time with a young man. Who had the who had the foresight to contemporaneously note what had happened and tell other people? So now there's a new lawsuit, a ten million dollar defamation lawsuit filed against Carolyn Wren, 
Carolyn Wren, curiously, was recently the head of the campaign for chair of the RNC run by Harmeet Dillon. She also ran Carrie Lake's skeevy, sketchy, dodgy gubernatorial campaign. And so, according to the the suit papers, um, you know, Schlapp, back in October, was was traveling, husting to husting for uh, Herschel Walker, Texas Strangler. The event happened October 19th. And then, of course, Caroline Wren is alleged to have doxxed the victim. God, there's, again, there's no basement with these people. Caroline Wren is accused of publicly posting the plaintiff's name in tweets and damaging his career by stating he had been fired from multiple jobs for lying and deceptive behavior. Then she ignored a... Uh, Nasty Graham from plaintiff's counsel and did not retract the statements. So now she's in the lawsuit too. Because one skeevy old pasty faced doughy old white guy couldn't keep his hand off the crotch of a young man. Just so gross. Uh, possibility of screaming on Thursday. Lee in New York says, don't worry, I know how to use the volume control. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better about it. And uh, thank you, Christopher. Out in Oregon, have a wonderful birthday dinner tonight. Robin, Lady in Red, yes, singing. Not that song. Okay, I'm changing clothes. I'm kidding. Heading out to a meetup with Alex for some Texas Hold'em tonight. Quite exciting, as I've never entered an actual tournament before. Wish Alex and I luck. Not too much luck for Alex, please. All, all the luck, all the luck. And you know, Christopher, just a little piece of advice from an old poker player. You gotta know when to hold them. Know when to hold them. Know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. Works for me. Okay, so that's pretty. That, that's pretty much. That's pretty much it for this evening. I have to finish getting ready, and uh, tell you all about it tomorrow. Thanks so much for the kind wishes, and all the all the all the love and support that I've gotten today. Like I said, it meant the world, and it's made this one one of, if not the best birthday ever. And I mean that with my whole heart. Thank you. Thank you to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. We thank the pay, uh, we thank the Patreon subscribers yesterday. And by we, I don't mean that me and that mouse in my pocket. This dress has pockets. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, 
me thanking on behalf of all of us for everybody who keeps this program going. Thank you to our PayPal subscribers. Thank you this evening for the for the challenge, uh, the God I Hate Cincinnati Chili Challenge, courtesy of Cat in the Buckeye State. And thank you to, uh, thank you to Don and Ralphs for jumping in on that. Um, thank you so much, each and every one of you who shares your precious finite time engaging in this program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to uh, our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to Roger. Thank you to Steve in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, headon.live. Remember, it just thrills Brother Deacon Asa's heart when you like and subscribe the podcast, however you're listening, and leave a comment for the algorithm to read. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Kim in New York. Many, many, many more years of being your true, wonderful self. Love, Kim in New York. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Sal. Thank you, Shorty. Oh, my God. Happy birthday, girl. Thank you, Shorty. Happy 60. Thank you. Um, I never thought I'd see this day. And here it is. Pretty amazing. Um, thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. And thanks to everybody who's jumped in on my little birthday fundraiser for Coal River Mountain Watch. We actually met the $500 goal, and so uh, bumped, there's eight more days left in the, in the, in the, in the uh, uh, little campaign, mini-campaign fundraiser. So I thought I'd run it up to 750 and see if we could... Uh, do a little bit more. Uh, thanks to everybody who's jumped in on that. Please stay safe. Get your booster while it's still free. Get your flu shot. Wipe down your surfaces. Help stop the spread of RSV until the vaccine uh, and 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 subsequent. But there should be a vaccine out there by next year. We hope. Protect our little ones. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you everywhere you go. Lord knows I do. Pocket or purse. Did I mention this dress has pockets? Oh, my God. Uh, and, of course, if uh, some adipose wad of hate and insecurities comes galumphing toward you on the sidewalk muttering, same man too, same man too. Well, avoid that head of the maggots like the plague. Because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later, y'all. Thanks, Jeremy.